Hello, this is Pastor Arlene Romaine, and you are listening to Listen, Live, and Learn, where we listen to hear God's Word in order to live it out in our daily lives and learn by applying the scriptures about ourselves, our world, and our God. I'm so glad you're here, so let's get started. Hello and welcome back, friends. It's good to be here again with you. It is the Monday of Holy Week. We just celebrated Palm Sunday yesterday, and today uh, we're heading to the cross on Friday. And uh, Easter Sunday is just around the corner, but we have some darkness to get through between now and then. And surely there are plenty of dark stories in the scriptures because the scriptures reflect our human experience and human beings can do some pretty horrible things to one another. If only we would learn to live as Jesus teaches us to live, perhaps things could actually be different. Rather than making enemies, we might actually learn to live together in love. But that requires the conscious decisions and desires of every human being to change the world. And surely we have that hope that someday our world will be different. But as we move through this dark week known as Holy Week, awaiting the joy and celebration come Sunday when our Christ is risen from the grave, we turn our hearts and our minds once again to the scriptures, and we, my friends, will pick up exactly where we left off last time in the Gospel of Matthew. Today we begin reading at chapter 14, verse 1, and we are going to read through to verse 21. And it is no coincidence because we don't believe in such things. We believe that all things are carried out by the benevolent hand of God. So it is no coincidence that this morning or today, we will be hearing yet another dark part of the gospel narrative. Uh, we are not hearing about Jesus's death, but we are hearing about the death of John the Baptist, the promised Elijah who preceded the Messiah who came first. And so beginning to read at chapter 14, verse 1, let's begin our exploration of the word again this day. At that time, Herod, the Tetrarch, heard the reports about Jesus, and he said to his attendants, This is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead. That is why miraculous powers are at work in him. 
Now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered John to be a prophet. So on Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for them and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here, on a platter, the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in the prison. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. And then they went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds then followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. But Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them to me, Jesus said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks for them and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate that day was about five thousand men, besides women and children. So here in our reading on this day, we start with this dark and depraved story about Herod and Herodias, the wife of his brother, whom he has taken for himself, and her daughter, who dances on Herod's birthday for him and for the men who are gathered there, most likely in 
a drunken celebratory mood. And we are told that she pleased him so much that he makes an oath before his friends to give her whatever she wants. And driven by anger and animosity toward John the Baptist, her mother then instructs her to ask for the severed head of John the Baptist. What an utter scene of human depravity. The ugliness of it all speaks volumes about the kind of human beings we can be, about the ways in which our depravity then impacts the lives of innocent people and takes the lives of innocent servants of God. For surely John the Baptist had done nothing to deserve death. And it is reminiscent, is it not, of Jesus? That Jesus also did nothing to deserve death and yet suffered exactly that at the hands of a depraved human creature. Human beings are so very sinful and we see that in the Gospels. Surely they are filled with amazing love and hope and compassion. But they also remind us from time to time just how depraved we can be. And surely our world is no different now than it was back in the first century. Surely still innocent people die and are executed for having done nothing. But our hope in this story is found in Jesus. When Jesus hears what has happened, he tries to go off with his disciples alone in a boat in order to give them all some opportunity to grieve. And grieving surely is the proper reaction here. But we also discover that their plans go awry when the needy crowd follows them and they show up exactly where the boat lands. And so by the time the boat gets there, there is a large crowd, we're told, 5,000 men plus women and children have all rushed to this place where Jesus was trying to go off to be alone. Because they recognize in him a hope and a promise and a different way of being than the depraved and sinful ways of this world. And there is that something that he only can teach, that he alone can tell us and show us and demonstrate to us about the possibilities for our human creation, that we can be so much better than what we see in human depravity.
and that there are so many more human beings who desire to live a different way, who desire to live ways that are pleasing to God. We have 5,000 plus who are seeking out Jesus because he has a message to give us that is so very different from the messages of this sinful, dark, and broken world. And in comparison to the few, the few in this story who carry out such violent and depraved acts against innocent human beings, there are but few. And there are so many more in our world who are doing their best just to try to find their way. And it is our role like Jesus, despite the sinfulness and darkness of the world in which we live to continue on in our mission, just as he himself has shown us to do. Yes, he had so much to grieve in the loss of his friend, his cousin, his fellow worker for the kingdom. But he recognized that there were those who needed to hear the message of good news. And so he puts aside his own needs at that moment and takes pity and compassion upon the large crowd and he heals their sick. And then when his disciples think that it's time to send them away, even then, he doesn't. He creates an opportunity as a sign of God's power and God's drawing us to the light that we see in Christ and the love of God that only Christ can display to us in this world by performing yet another miracle, one of his greatest, feeding 5,000 plus people, creating order out of chaos and breaking but five loaves and two fish into enough to feed thousands. This was the sign to them that God was at work in the world, shining a light, and it is to this light that our eyes are drawn. And so I encourage you this week to keep your eyes focused on that light, to keep proclaiming the good news even as we live in a time of depravity and darkness, to keep your hope and your focus on the cross and on what Christ did for us in dying for our sins. For yes, it is a depraved and horrible story of his death and his suffering, but it is for our salvation. We, my friends, are released from the world's darkness. And as we do our best to live into the people that Christ himself has shown us to be, we claim this light and we live out this love and we demonstrate it to others because there is a world full of people who are searching, 
who are searching to rise above the darkness and depravity of this world and all of what we see in the daily news and find a hope. And that hope is only found in God, our Savior. So until next time, my friends, a blessed Holy Week to you. And I'll see you in two weeks. Take care. Bye-bye.